This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him. For no one who does a deed of power in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. Whoever is not against us is for us. For truly, I tell you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will be by no means, will by no means lose the reward. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than to have two hands and to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than to have two feet and to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into hell where their worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. For everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good. But if salt has lost its saltiness, can, how can you season it? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. We come here today to absorb God's presence. Each of us brings a different bit of that as we congregate together. This building is pretty empty when there are not people in it, but brought together the people of God bring their peace of God with them. And God glows out the doors. And I hope that you hear today that this isn't the end of worship that this is not the place where we end our week, but this is the place where we begin, the place from which we can go out into the world and be God to the world. It's been a week when over 760 people were trampled to death and another 850 injured in a stampede on the outskirts of the holy city of Mecca during an annual pilgrimage. A week when Yogi Berra, baseball legend, who still holds unbroken baseball records, died at the age of 90. A week when the theological world said goodbye to an amazing woman, when Phyllis Tickle finally said yes to the the light at the end of the tunnel. A week when the Pope made a historic visit to the United States and addressed Congress, along with a multitude of other communities of people, causing many people to tune in to broadcasts of his message. A week when a report was issued that the use of opium in the United States is at a record high. And a week when polio was reported to no longer be an epidemic in Nigeria. 
A week when we've all lived through happiness and joy, sadness and disappointment and anger. And each one of us made a decision that today we chose to climb out of bed, wash our faces, and come here. Come to this place to worship God together. We came for the same reason that millions of people traveled to Mecca. We came for the same reason that Yogi Berra stepped his foot onto the baseball field. And we came for the same reason that Phyllis Tickle wasn't afraid of death or of God. We traveled here this morning to celebrate the vital connection that is God's love. Because we believe so strongly, or we want to believe so strongly, that we need to be here together, sharing with others who believe that God's love is what binds and connects us together. We came because we felt called to do this thing. The people who went to Mecca went because they felt called, because they felt it's their lifelong calling to at least go once to celebrate with their fellow Muslims. And we come here to hear that Jesus says it's okay to be who we are, that we come here so that we are reminded that we are loved and that we are all called to do some wondrous thing in the world. We come here to hear that just because we're not one of the first 12 who heard the words of Jesus and the love of Jesus proclaimed, that we are also followers who can and do good works in the name of Jesus, and to be reminded that we are on the right track. Last week you heard, and I was actually able to hear as well via a podcast that we now do of our sermons, the Reverend Dr. Emlyn Ott share about changing relationships between Jesus and the disciples, about people struggling to be number one and how we are always trying to negotiate our place of honor beside Jesus, and about how Jesus just shakes his head at our human need and asks us just to love one another. And today, Mark goes on to tell how the disciples are still trying to figure out this vital connection to Jesus and to God, how they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, there's this guy out there. He's not really one of us. And he's out there casting out demons in the name of, well, you, Jesus. But we told him to stop because he's not one of us. And how maybe Jesus just wanted to put his face in his hands and shake his head and say, Oy vey. In Numbers, we heard a similar story. The story of Moses saying a similar thing that Jesus said to the disciples. Numbers begins today with Moses being a little bit whiny and God speaking to him. And I had this moment of thinking as a parent and as a person who's worked out into the world that there have been times when I've heard people and my children, whining. And I just want to say, good grief, can't you just figure this out on your own? And I kept wondering if God didn't want to say the same thing to Moses. Can't you just figure this one out on your own? But God didn't say that. God said, bring me 70 people, and I will help you get through this. 
And that was all well and good. But there were two people, Eldad and Medad, who felt the spirit but didn't go to the tent. And they heard God speaking and they spoke. And of course, there was someone who says, hey, Moses, you need to make them stop because they're not in the tent with us. They can't do that. And Moses, who finally has figured some things out, says, would that everyone speak God's word and prophesy. We came to the tent today. We came hoping that the spirit of the Lord would somehow, through something that happens here, come down and give us vision, give us guidance, give us courage to do God's work. For some of us today, being here will provide us food. And for some of us, it will provide us courage to go out and feed someone else. Moses heard God's message that it isn't just Moses. It isn't just those within the tent who are given the power to love. It's all who choose to hear and do. Jesus said to the twelve, it isn't just me and it isn't just you that have the gift of healing, who have the gift and the power to cast out demons. It is anyone who does it in the name of God, the creator, in the name of Jesus, the Christ. Muslims flock to Mecca to be together. We congregate to help others after a tragedy because there is power in numbers. We come together gather together to remember that we are not alone. That even when we are sent out the doors to do God's will, to offer a cup of cold water to someone, or to hand them the means to get food, whether in the form of cash or a gift card to a restaurant, that we are not alone. We are never alone when we do God's will in the name of Jesus. We come here to fill ourselves full of God's spirit and a little bit of coffee. To remember that that which lives in our hearts allows us to love beyond our human comprehension. And this isn't the only place that love is supposed to stay or to happen. We're supposed to go out and share it. Not just here and not alone. God reminded Moses that he wasn't alone. Shaking his head, at least that's how I see God doing that. God says to Moses, for pity's sake, go get some people and ask for some help. I'll even help you do that. And there will always be people who say, so-and-so can't do this. So-and-so can't preach. Or so-and-so isn't really a messenger of God. The truth is, If God has called so-and-so to preach or teach, then God has put something in that person and trusts them to share it and reach at least one other person. We are not to judge who can and who cannot, who is called or who is not called. We are to trust that when God says go and do, that we can all go and do. And in the going and in the doing, that God will be at work. Love will happen. Lives will be changed. 
Jesus reminded the disciples that they weren't the only ones chosen to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. That's a good thing, too. Because what if the person who needs a demon cast out isn't open to hearing that from me? What if it is the homeless man on the street who is believable? What if it is any one of you that is called to proclaim God's word? Do we have the right to judge? I don't think so. I think that God has made that very clear in both the Old and the New Testaments. And if we're honest with ourselves, God has made it clear in our own lives. When I graduated from undergrad school after having completed a music degree, I found myself often sitting at music concerts next to my father. And invariably at some point, he would lean over and he'd say in a whisper, Are they any good? Can I just tell you that when you've spent, you've had your head in the minutia of things, and in my case that was music, that you can easily forget to just enjoy the thing. I figured out pretty quickly that I could say, well, Dad, they're kind of flat and their diction needs some work. And he'd sit there wondering why he didn't hear that or couldn't hear what I heard. So instead, I would just lean back toward him and whisper in his ear, are you enjoying this? Because if he was enjoying them, then the truth in music like acts of love, could be enjoyed. We can analyze those things to death and the beauty in them never seen. But when they're given with love and received with love, music and actions can, trans- can transcend analysis and human understanding. So I hope that, like me when you made your decision to get up this morning and wash your face and come to this place of worship. You did it knowing that this isn't the place where worship ends, but the place where worship begins. That it is what you do with the gift you receive here that can and will allow you to be vitally connected to the community of God. And that as you leave here, you know that you do not ever leave here alone, that the Holy Spirit is alive and at work in you, and in every minute of every day, and yeah, that means that God sees us at our best and at our worst, but that's okay, because we're never alone and we're always loved. I mentioned that Phyllis Tickle died this week, having had the honor and a privilege, because it was that of hearing her preach and teach in person. She was such an amazing woman. I had to laugh this week at one of her quotes that kept going around Facebook. And I kept saying, no, I shouldn't share that. I shouldn't say that in church. But here it is. She said, God is both the shit and the fan. It's a quote of hers that I really like. And, I, and it makes me think, And I think that maybe this quote actually embodies the message that I'm trying to get across today better than I can. God is here, and God is what is being thrown. God is what is hitting the fan. And we come to collect a little more of the reminder that God is here with us because we are here together. And when God hits the fan, 
God is also the fan. And so God is going to fling love every possible place it can go. God's love is going to blow us out the doors and into the world where we can all do some good. In the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen.